Bibles, Psalms chapter 1, Psalms chapter 1, a very, a very familiar passage this morning, a very familiar passage, but one that is, we need to stop and we need to consider every once in a while. We, it, it's a familiar passage because we have read it many times, but that doesn't make it any less important, any less needful to, to um, apply to our lives. So Psalms chapter 1, we're going to read the whole chapter. Then we're going to pray, and then, Lord willing, we will get into the sermon this morning. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray, and then we'll get into it. Lord, we just come before you this morning, and we thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. Lord, we thank you for the fact that it is still... We have it today so that you can teach us how we need to live, how we can serve you, Lord, so that we can know more about you. I pray, Lord, as we open up your word, that your word would be free to speak, Lord, that your word would create faith in our hearts, Lord, that we could know more about you, that we could be more like you, Lord, today, and that we could continue to grow in our service for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There are many voices in this world today. Would you agree with me on that? There, no matter where you go, No matter what station on the radio, now we have internet radio. What internet station? Now we have the internet with all the pages. Not just vocal voices, but you can read this. You can read that. No matter where you go, we are surrounded by voices. We are surrounded by messages. We are surrounded by a communication, people saying this. Saying, well, how about this? You do this in your life. Or if you, and it's a lot of these voices, this is what they're saying. If you want to try, find true happiness, this is what you do. If you want to have a direct direction and you want to have a life that is fulfilled, this is what you need to do. If you want to have that satisfaction at the end of your life that you can look back and say, my life was a full life, that I, I had a, a good life. You could, go on a, you could go on podcast right now if you have an iPhone or whatever the Google is. I don't know what their version of it is. Or there's a thousand podcasts with how to have a good life, with how to, um, how to succeed better at your work today, how to, how to um, be satisfied with your life where it is now and, and, and grow better, how you can have that ultimate, oh, there's a ton of those, how you can have the ultimate workout and just get that, that your fulfilled dream that when you get that certain uh, level of physique, that certain level of fitness, boy, life is going to be great. Life is going to be perfect. And no matter where you go, there is someone saying something. If you do this, you'll have a better life. If you do this, you can have everything that you always wanted. 
You can have that car. You can have whatever. If you do this, you can have fulfillment. You can have what we would say a blessed life. I just have a good life. My family loves me. My kids love me. Everything is great. I, I, I have a good life. I can take care of my family. I've got a good job. It's good. Now, while there's some of these voices, we can look at it and say, that is wrong. That is dead wrong. That is telling you to do things that are absolutely wicked to find fulfillment. There is entire billion-dollar industries that say you can have fulfillment if you'll come here. That is completely against the Bible. That is completely against... We have the Hollywood. We have all these other influences in the world that say, if you want, if you want fulfillment, come here and... If you have read your Bible at all, if you have spent any time in church, you say, I know that's wrong. There's no way you can find fulfillment because there is not fulfillment in this world outside of Jesus Christ. I know that's wrong. There's no way. No, I know that does not bring fulfillment. I can see the broken lives of people who sought fulfillment through that, who tried to have their lives mean something through living their lives in that style and and living their lives for the things of this world. I know that's wrong. But many of these voices have some truth to them, making them even more dangerous. A voice might say this, follow your heart. Your heart knows what you need. If you just trust your heart and you follow it where, it, where your heart leads you, your heart is good. You have good desires. You follow that. You're going to have what you want. You're going to have what you need. It's just going to be great. I don't know about that one. That doesn't sound right. Well, let's try this one. Just do good. Help people. Everything will be... If you can help someone, you will have a fulfilled life. If you can see people that you walk through and that you can help and that you can lead, man, you, will have, you can look back, and look back and say, my life meant something. It was good. Or... Just enjoy life. Don't get stressed out about everything. Just enjoy life. Have fun. Make friends. Be a friend. Just have fun and be a good person. Now, how many have heard something like that? Whether you're going through self-help books or you're talking to people on the street, you're talking to your friends at, at, at work, you're talking to your family members, and they say, you're all worried about this. Just have a good, just do good and everything will work out and everything will be fine. Now, is there truth in that? Yes. Some. Some of these voices really do have truth in them. But following the voices of this world will never bring you to a state of being blessed and being fulfilled. And people in this world as they are following this voice, and they are following this voice, and they are trying this out. And then they say, that didn't work, let me try this out. What we find is that people in this world are longing for something. But often they will, the last place that they will turn is where they will find it. Psalms chapter 1 is often actually considered an introduction to the book of Psalms. We don't know, some people believe David wrote it, but it's, it's not ascribed to David. 
and we know who really wrote it, that God moved whoever wrote it, and that these are the words of God. And so God is saying in chapter 1 of the book of Psalms, blessed is the man. Now, what does blessed mean? Well, it's, it's an introduction of blessing. It's, it's something, it's a phrase that is used to say, this man is happy. This man is fulfilled. Call the man who this is talking about blessed. Call this man happy. We're saying that the man in chapter number one of the book of Psalms, Psalms one, we're saying that the man is blessed. Now, we're not saying that God is saying that. God is saying that the man in chapter one is blessed. Now, we know that blessings come from God. James chapter one, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness variableness, neither shadow of turning. That phrase was in the song we sang. Great is thy faithfulness, no shadow of turning. They got that phrase from the Bible. That's why we sing the songs that we sing. Blessings come from God. We recently went through the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5. What does the Sermon on the Mount start with? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are they that mourn. Right? That's, it's, and it's the same word. It has the exact same meaning. Now, one is Hebrew, one is Greek. And we're reading it in English. Hallelujah. But it means the exact same thing. Blessed. Call that man blessed. The man that is poor in spirit, blessed is that man. Because blessings come from God And God is interested in you enjoying His best. God wants you to be blessed. Now, time out. Does blessed by God mean that you have the nicest car, the nicest house? There's people who would, there's voices that would say that is what God means. There's voices in this world that say, well, if you're blessed by God, you're going to have a big bank account, you're going to have perfect health, you're going to have everything working out for you. Many people living for God go through difficulties, even as they're obeying God. Um, Let's talk about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 for a minute. Were they blessed by God? Yes. Were they obeying God? Absolutely. Under direct orders from God, Paul and Silas, they got on a boat, they went to Philippi, they began to teach and preach God's word. What happened to them? As they were obeying God. Man, these men are preachers of God. They're sacrificing everything. God's best blessings should be poured out on them. They were. But not necessarily what we would call blessings. Here's, if you're not familiar with the story of Paul and Silas, this is what happened to them. They were arrested. They were wrongly accused. And then the Bible says many stripes were laid on them. They were beaten to a pulp, is how we would say it. In our vernacular. Then they were thrown in prison. Here's how they were blessed. This was what a blessed man could do. As they were in the prison, the stalks on their feet, their backs screaming in pain, they began to sing praises to God. And they weren't just 
They were singing so that the other prisoners heard them. And it wasn't, woe is me, God, please deliver me. They were, the Bible says they were singing praises to God. They were singing something like the song, praise Him. They were singing stuff like that. And the prisoners heard them. And through it all, they had joy and their lives bore fruit as the jailer came in and said, something's different about you guys. What must I do to be saved as God moved in mighty ways? And we can say in their lives, they were blessed of God. Though it wasn't necessarily how we would say it. God often used, also often uses trials to refine and to mold us. To remove things from our life that should not be there. To make us more and more like the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. We talked a little bit about that in Sunday school. How if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you should try to look like Jesus Christ. And I know in my life, there's a lot of things in my life that don't necessarily look like Jesus Christ. And so what is God doing? If you are His child, He is working on you. He is molding you so that your attitudes, your speech, your thoughts, your um, actions, your goals are more and more like Jesus Christ. And if you're being changed into His image, you are blessed Though it may not always feel like it. Being blessed means this. That your life can count and be fruitful in the things of God. That your life can count for the things of God. That you can look back and say, that person was used by God. That a person blessed by God will have their lives count for eternity and can have joy through whatever trials come their way. We should desire the blessings of God. Now, God uses different people in different ways. That means He's going to allow different circumstances into different people's lives. But there is no greater joy than to see the hand of God in your life and to see that God is using your life for His glory. And you can say, I'm blessed because I'm being used by God. That God used me to give a tract to that person and they came to church. That God, I may not be all I need to be, but that I was able to tell someone about Jesus Christ. That I was able to be an encouragement to a brother or sister in Christ who was going through a rough time. And I could just say, you know what, well God was faithful to me during this time. And I know He'll be faithful to you during that time. And sometimes God allows us to go through trials so we can encourage others. But there is no greater joy than to see the hand of God in your life and God using your life. That is the man who is blessed. Call that man blessed who is in the way and in the hand of God. Well, I believe that everyone in the... in this room, that's why we are in church, is we want to know what the Bible says. We want to follow God. I believe I could say with most assurity that pretty much everybody in this room would at least say, you know what, I want to be blessed by God. I want to see God do some things in my life. I want to see God use my life for His glory. I want to have the blessings and the hand of God in my life. I want my life to prosper. I want my life to count 
for God. So how can we receive the blessings of God? All right. The man in chapter one is call him blessed. That means he has the blessings of God. He will have the blessings of God. Well, how could I be like that man? How could I have those blessings of God? Well, there is a way and there is a wisdom that you must reject. You have to put it away. It said, blessed is the man that walketh not. Okay, so this is a negative. He says he does not do this. The man is blessed who does not do this, who rejects this. That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You cannot be blessed by God when you walk in the counsel of the ungodly. When you walk in the counsel of this world. Once again, this world is full of voices. You know, this world wants to tell you how to raise your kids. This world wants to tell you what priorities you should set in your life. This world wants to tell you who your greatest priority should be. That's me. You look out after me, that's your first priority. That's what, it, that's what the counsel of the ungodly would be. And this counsel of this world is often, in its most dangerous forms, very subtle. The counsel of the ungodly might sound like this. It'll be okay. It's not that big of a deal to allow those influences into your home. It's not that big of a deal. You know, it's not that big of a deal just to miss church so I can go out and do what, you know, I need a day off. It's not that big of a deal. Or, you don't want to be a fanatic, do you? You don't want to be one of those type of Christians, do you? The counsel of the ungodly is there. There's a word there and it's saying, well, this is what everybody else is doing. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be in church. You know what? I know, I know what the, that you claim to be a Christian. That's good for you. But you can do that in church. Just don't bring that into the workplace, okay? Just, just don't do that. You don't have to do that. There's a counsel of the ungodly everywhere we go. And if you want to be blessed by God, Here's what the idea of walk is. To follow it. To go with it. To just go along with it. I'm not going to create waves. I'm not going to do it. It's just easier to go along with it. But your life is going to begin to follow that path. On the counsel of the ungodly. When you begin to listen and heed the counsel or the help, the advice of this world, you're going to be moved. You're going to begin to go down a path. You're going to begin to walk. Things that you once stood against, I will never allow that in my home. I will never allow that in my life. That won't be part of me. I am a Christian. Now, if you begin allowing that counsel of the ungodly, you'll begin to make excuses for that. Things that once appalled you will seem status quo. And you will be moved. Why do you say that, Brother Andrew? The next phrase is, nor standeth in the way of sinners. 
The idea of stand is to step forth, to take a position like a soldier takes to, coming forward and taking the defensive. I'm going to stand there for this. You know, there's people all across our country, all across the world today that are taking positions and standing to defend evil. They are. And if you want the blessings of God, you can't be going that direction. Now, there is not a literal progression. The Bible isn't saying you walk and then you're going to stand and then you're going to sit. But it is true to life that it starts with the small things and then you move slowly by slowly and you could end up where you never thought you were. Would end up. There are those who defend their right to do wrong. And when you begin to follow the advice of this world, you will be forced to defend the indefensible. All you have to do is read the newspaper today. All you have to do is listen to the radio. And there's people defending the indefensible. And I can promise you, they do not have the blessings of God in their life. And they will never have fulfillment in their life, no matter how hard they try to find it, no matter how hard they try to seek it, they will never find the fulfillment of God out there. But if you're going to have the blessings of God in your life, you can't go there. You can't be a part of that. You can't be out there saying, well, it's, uh, you know what, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just the century we live in. It's just the time we live in. That's okay. That will be fine. Well, you're starting to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Then, then someone's going to question you about it. Well, I, I, I saw you doing that. Why were you doing that? What's, you know, I, I saw you miss church. I saw, you know, whatever, miss visit, whatever you want to put in there, you... Well, I mean, I, I was just busy. Well, I mean, don't, don't, that's my life. Don't question me about that. Are you taking a defensive position on what you would never have thought you would? You're defending your right to miss church? Well, I mean, now there's times that you do. You're, you're sick. One of your loved ones you need to be with your life. Okay, I'm not. But are you defending for your own convenience to miss the things of God? Well, I just couldn't get up this morning. I'll, I'll read my Bible later. I just couldn't. You don't have to read your Bible in the morning. Some people read their Bibles better at night. But are you spending your time with God? Or are you making excuses? I don't have time for that. They, Proverbs 28, 4 says, They that forsake the law praise the wicked. But such as keep the law contend with them. You say, I don't worry about the law. You're praising the wicked. But if you're going to keep the law, you're not going to be defending that which is evil. You're going to be defending that which is right. And last of all, this is saying, if you're going to be called blessed, this is what you must reject. If you're going to be called blessed, this is what you cannot do. You cannot sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, scornful. Someone who has a nasty look on their face. The idea of the scornful is this. Someone who shakes their fist at God. Someone who says, no, I know what's right and I'm not going to do it. I know what's right. I don't care. I'm going my own way. That's a scorner. Blessed is the man that nor sitteth 
in the seat of the scornful. The idea of sit is also dwelling there, that he, he's, he's there, he's, he's um, with, he's at the table with, he's in their councils with the scorners, with those who don't care about God, and he's going their way. And the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not, nor standeth, nor sitteth. One commentator about this said this, that the council, way and seat or assembly or dwelling draw attention to the realms of thinking, behaving, and belonging in which a person's fundamental choice of allegiance is made and carried through. That which is a person's fundamental choice of allegiance. Who's going to be in control? Who's going to be in charge? The man is blessed, is happy, who rejects the way of the ungodly. You cannot give your allegiance to this world and expect the blessings of God. You cannot do your thing and then expect God to overlook and help you meet your worldly goals. We can't do that. But I don't think there's many people in this room who are saying, that's where I want to be. I just, I'm dying to be in the seat of the scornful. But when you begin walking to the counsel of the ungodly, you begin allowing the influences in, and it's ever so subtle. It can be through the music of this world. Boy, is that a medium of influence in our culture today. And corrupting our culture and our and people even good people who grew up in church but you're in church this morning you're where you're supposed to be i'm not in that way i'm not listening to that counsel i'm definitely not in the seat of the scornful i'm doing pretty good i'm there i must be blessed by god <laughs> deal with that no It's not just that you're not doing that. That was the Pharisees' problem. They were standing there saying, I'm not doing that. I'm not one of them publicans. I'm definitely not one of them sinners. I read the Bible. I memorize the Bible. I'm in synagogue every Sabbath day. I'm good. It's not just that you're not doing that. Bibles, when Paul was writing to Timothy, he said, flee also useful lusts, but follow after righteousness. You're to be leaving one thing behind and going before. That is a Bible principle that you must leave something and go another direction. That you are to put off the old man, you are to put on the new. That is a principle that you can't just leave something. You have to leave something and go another direction. So if you're not going to heed the counsel of the ungodly, what counsel do you need to heed? Because if you're not, you say, I don't need any counsel. i got it figured out. You're going to end up with the counsel of the ungodly. If you do not have what God has to replace what the world says, whether you want to or not, you're going to end up there. So the Bible is saying, God is saying, the man is blessed who, no, he rejects that. He rejects the counsel of the ungodly. He rejects the way, the path. 
the road of sinners, the seat of the scornful. He rejects that, but, verse number two, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You must place your desires upon the things of God. My delight must be in the law and in the word of God. Delight has the same idea of your desires, your goals, your passion. What is directing your life? What your allegiance is to? My delight is in the law of the Lord. Because the word of God teaches us the way of God. This is nothing new. This shouldn't be earth-shattering to you that the Bible is going to teach you the way of God. That's why God said, Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Because our desires, our, our, our goals, our thinking must be centered on the Word of God. My delight, but his delight, the man who's called blessed, his delight is in the law of God, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. Meditate. Ooh. There's a lot of words, especially in our culture. In New York City, you look around, you walk down the street, and you'll see meditation room here. You'll see meditation room there. It's, it's becoming a big thing in our culture, especially as people remove God, they find out, man... I need some kind of something to relax my mind because it's going bonkers. And so I'm going to go sit in a room and I'm going to empty my mind of everything and I'm going to relax. And it helps some people not go insane. But that's not what this is talking about. Meditation, biblical meditation, is not emptying your mind. Biblical meditation is stuffing your mind so full of Scripture that everything else comes out. Okay? There's only so much stuff that can go up in there. And the idea of meditation uh, day and night, it's, it, that's a future verb. That means it's open-ended. There's not an end in sight. It just keeps going and going and going. Day and night is without end. Okay? So if you don't want to follow the counsel of the ungodly, you take your brain and you take your Bible and you keep stuffing it in there until everything else comes out. And you're going to go out in the world. You're going to work a job. And there's going to be some stuff dumped in there. So you get up the next morning and you read your Bible and you push the junk out. And here's the other idea of biblical meditation. It's musing or thinking about um, talking to yourself. One second. You're having a conversation with yourself? No. You're rehearsing what God said in His Word. You're thinking about it. That what you read in your Bible shouldn't be a check mark. It should be, what was God saying to me today? Not some mystical experience. But what God's Word says. That's what we're trying to do this morning. If we want the blessings of God in our life, there's some things we must reject. So what are some things in my life? 
where I'm heeding the counsel of the ungodly that I may need to get rid of. Or maybe I need to work on my meditation on the Word of God. I have not been faithful to our daily Bible reading calendar or spending the time reading and praying and asking God to speak to me. And we must fill our minds, fill our lives with the Word of God because... The same commentator said this, that the law of God stands opposed to the counsel of the wicked, to which it is ultimately the only answer. The psalm is content to develop this one theme, implying that whatever really shapes a man's thinking shapes his life. That whatever really shapes a man's thinking shapes his life. That's why the man who is called blessed must reject the counsel of the ungodly and meditate upon the law of God. So, what will happen if I allow the God's Word to shape my thinking and my life? If I become one of those crazy Christians who reads the Bible every day and I allow that, what's going to happen in my life? Well, verse number three, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When you reject the counsel of the ungodly, reject the way of this world, the way of the wicked, and you begin to make your path on the way of God, you're going to find a fruitful, prosperous life. Not necessarily with your plans, but with God's. The Bible says that his life shall be like. So it's using an illustration. He's saying this is what his life will resemble. If we wanted to think about something, man, that guy just reminds me of something. That man who is blessed of God, he reminds me of something. He reminds me of a big oak tree. Just there. It doesn't move. When the times change, it's still there. He's planted by the rivers of water. Now, in Israel, they have a rainy season, they have a dry season. And a tree that's just planted out in the middle of the field, come dry season, it's going to be in a bad way. Unless someone is there watering it and taking care of it. But the righteous man, the man who follows God, his life is going to look something like a tree that's planted by the rivers, plural, of water. So that as time passes and it may seem like everything's drying up, There's multiple sources coming in that he is that man who has a smile on his face no matter what's going on. He, that person who is blessed by God is that lady who no matter the trials that she's going through, she's having sickness, she's having family problems, she can have a smile on her face and still say, God is good because there's a source of strength that doesn't dry up, that doesn't go out. How do we know? His leaf also shall not wither. There's not going to be a time when it runs out. There's not going to be a time when the water stops. There will always be a supply for that tree. 
that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. You know, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except that it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. That as we are following God, as if you are God's child and you are doing God's thing, God's will, God's plan for you is to bring forth fruit. Now, fruit. Does that mean I'm going to have apples growing out my ear? No. How about the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Joy. Peace. The fruit of sharing the gospel with others. Therefore shall you bear much fruit. But the Bible also says, By your fruit ye shall know them. That there's some trees that aren't producing fruit. Why? It's because they don't know the Lord. That person has not had the power of God in their life. Because without the power of God, it is impossible to produce the fruit of God. It is impossible to have the evidences of God in your life. Now, you can pretend for a while, but you're not by the rivers of water. Your leaf's going to wither, and you're going to dry up. But when you're plugged into God, in, your, in His season, it may not be just when you want, but in that season, you will produce the fruit that God has done for you. The life of someone blessed by God sees God provide and work things for His glory no matter the situation. And it says, and whatsoever He doeth shall prosper. It shall succeed. As the same word is used about the life of Joseph when he's in the house of Potiphar as a slave. And he kept serving God The Bible says the Lord made him to prosper. That God helped him to prosper and see that God was blessing his life, even though he was a slave. Even though we would look at his life and say, he was blessed of God. He still had the joy of the Lord. He still had the, the presence of God in his life. And the Bible says that he prospered. Really, we could look at Joseph's life and say that Joseph was a man we could call blessed. That Joseph was very much like the man that this psalm is talking about. And how Joseph lived for God. The end result of the blessed man is that he will be fruitful, that he will prosper, that he is blessed of God. But the ungodly are not so. They will have a life that is worthless in the things of God. The Bible says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Chaff is the husks of the corn. It's the husks of the wheat. It is worthless. Okay? People would use it to stuff mattresses. People would use it just to throw away. They would just burn it because it's utterly worthless. There's no nutritional value in it. You can't even really feed it to the hogs. It is literally almost that worthless. They They would harvest the grain. They would beat the grain they didn't have the big harvesting machines like we had today. They would take like a, a metal, um, like a chain or even a wooden stick and they would beat it and knock the husk off and they would throw it up in the air and the wind would just blow the chaff away. 
they would throw it up in the air and you'd see this. There goes the chaff. There goes the chaff. And the grain would fall down and they would harvest the grain. And God is saying, the ungodly, those who are saying, this is what you need to do. You know, if you're going to have fulfillment in your life, this is what you need to find. I'm going to find, I'm going to find it. And everything this world has to offer is great. They're saying that now. But the wind is going to drive them away. It's, it's an analogy. The wind is going to come and blow them off the street. Okay? We understand what the Bible's saying here. It's poetry. But their life, how many people, it looked like they had it all together. You could say, man, they had money, they had, they had the house, they had the job, they had everything. It's gone. The Bible says this, the person of a person who rejects the way of God, their life is a life of fruitlessness and destruction. It says that, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Stand. This is a different stand. Uh, this has a different meaning than stand like a soldier. It has this. They shall not endure. They're not gonna, when the judgment comes, they're gone. They're not going to stand in the congregation of the righteous. They're going to be like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. They're not going to endure when eternity comes, it's going to be too late. Make sure you're on the right side of eternity now. Make sure that you are on God's path now. Because this, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly, way of the ungodly shall perish. One prospers, the other is blown away. And the stark difference between the way of the godly and the way of the ungodly is the Lord. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. This is also what knoweth. He knows their path. He knows what is going, but also has this. He knoweth them. He cares for them. He takes care of them. He provides for them. They are on His path. They are follow, the righteous are following God's leading. And God is there. He is knowing what they are going through. He is taking care of them. That's what it's saying. And that's the reason why the man who is in God's Word and following it is, is blessed and prospered. Simply this. This is what the psalm is saying. You and I today can be blessed and prospered by God. How? By forsaking the way and the wisdom of this world to seek God's way continually. By forsaking the way and the wisdom of this world to seek God's way continually, day and night. There are two ways and there are two consequences. There's the way of the ungodly, that is like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. And there's the way of the righteous, which the Lord knoweth, which shall be like a tree, which shall grow, with the, whose leaves shall not wither. There is two ways, there's two consequences, and whatever really shapes a man's thinking shapes his 
life. So what is shaping your thinking? What are you seeking? Which voice are you listening to? Can I beg you? Don't listen to your friends. Especially if you're a young person. They know less about nothing than you do. How about you talk to your parents who've been around for a while. I'm only 25 years old, okay? I haven't been around that long. But I've been around a little bit longer than some other people. But not very long. How about you talk to pastor? Or talk to someone who has lived a life long enough they can tell you stories and say, don't go down that road. This is the end result. They can say people, name, places. They want the chat. Or they can take places, names, people, and say, this is what God did in their life when they surrendered to God and they began following God's Word and they rejected that counsel and they sought after God's Word and they got in the Bible and it was real to them and it was their decision. It wasn't someone just passing it down. They made the decision and said, I'm going to seek after God. I'm going to follow. And their life was blessed and their life was prospered and it may not be the Hollywood movie script that everybody thinks their life wants to be where it's all sunsets and it's all beautiful. It never rains. You know, it's this per- that isn't real life. That's made up. That's fantasy. That, okay? If you want to be blessed, and you want to be prospered by God, we need to get into His Word and allow His thinking, God's way, to shape our thinking so that it will shape our lives. If we want to be called blessed... we got to do it God's way. Because there's two ways and there's two consequences. But you can be blessed. You can be blessed. You can be prospered by God. The rivers of water aren't something you produce. It isn't something that just so happenstance, man, I got lucky. I... It's in obedience to God that God will provide what you need, that God will give you that joy. Only God can do that. That God will give you what you need so you can bring fruit and, be, and prosper and bring glory to Him. So what are you allowing to shape your thinking? Because there's two ways and there's two consequences. And what you're allowing to shape your thinking is going to put you on one of those roads. There's no in-between. Now, there's people who went down one road and they came back and went this way. And went down God's road. And sadly, there's people who, who, who started out serving the Lord and they ended up over there. But in the end result, when your life is over, when people are talking about your life, there's two ways and there's two consequences. And what shapes a man's thinking shapes his life. And if you want to be called blessed, if you want to say, blessed is that man, blessed is that... That lady was blessed by God. Her life was used by God. That man was just a pillar in the church. He was used by God to accomplish great things. The Word of God has to be your delight. Your goals come from the Bible. Your, your desires come from the Bible. 
so that the Bible, God's Word, shapes your thinking as you go down God's road following Him. What is shaping your thinking? What voices are you listening to? Do you need to get some things right with God? Do you need to come forward and ask that God, I've been allowing this in my life, I need to be, help me to be more faithful in my Bible reading. Help me to be more faithful in church. Well, we're going to have an invitation. We're going to stand. And if you need to do business with God, now's the time. Let's stand. We're going to pray. And when the music starts, don't wait. If you need to come forward, just come forward. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would do a work in hearts and lives. Lord, that we would allow your word to change us, to mold us, so that we can be on your path and following you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.